Welcome to YouthCast. I'm Emily Corwin. It's getting pretty hot in most of the country this April, so this week we're letting a high school senior take us with him on a trip to Greece, where the beaches have water the color of, well, as Jacob Holly Klein puts it, a melted gemstone, congealed tanzanite. See, Jacob recently went on this trip to Greece with a group from his high school. The school required that he keep a daily diary of the trip, but Jacob went above and beyond that, writing five to nine pages every day that he was there. See, Jacob Holly Klein is, first and foremost, a writer. He's also a senior at Stellar High School in Anchorage, Alaska, and when he's not at school or writing, he produces radio stories with the Alaska Teen Media Institute, radio stories like the one we're about to hear today. In fact, it's because Jacob is such a good writer that this radio piece is so good. I write uh, generally uh, for a few hours every day. It's mainly fiction. Um, I think uh, I, I try to I try to keep myself occupied with any one project. Um, right now, I'm doing a, a thing on Facebook where I write something like like the status, and I'll write you one paragraph, um, and then the paragraph isn't isn't related to the to the person. Um, it's just about whatever, whatever I'm thinking about, or and and that that serves as a as a motivator to experiment with different styles. And Jacob's piece about Greece starts out like a travel story, but it gets pretty introspective pretty fast. He says that's something he just can't help. He tends to focus on the darker sides of life, like his literary idols, Cormac McCarthy and David Foster Wallace. Writing is one of those things. Um, it came to me during a during a harder time in my life. So I, at first, I remember writing my first story when I was, um, when I was three years old. I still have that story today. Um, it was about a family called the Scribbles because I couldn't draw. And so I would just scribble little, these little bubbles of, of various markings. And, and it, it, it evolved uh, to, to a more therapeutic thing where um, that, that writing began to satisfy uh, a sort of, um, writing became an outlet for for various uh, various things I couldn't otherwise express. You know, you mentioned to me that you had been keeping a diary, like between five. I think you said between five and eight or nine pages a day. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, this is this this two or three minute uh, commentary. How did you decide which details to keep and and what not to for this piece? It was hard to to decide what to keep because. Uh, Every every day was a highlight. As it stands now, in my memory, the whole the whole eight or nine days is a, is a complete blur. But um, it's still hard to process. But I just I, I tried to think of, of what had the biggest effect on me. Um, it was hard to believe that a place like that existed, because after living in Alaska for all my life, it's there's a lot of natural beauty here, but it's a totally different type of beauty because it does the the water does look like, um, it looks like a, a melted gemstone of some sort. It looks like a congealed tanzanite or something like that. So it's sort of, it was hard to process because it didn't seem real, I guess is what it came down to. So I tried to find the aspect of it that, that seemed most unreal. That's Jacob Holly Klein, writer, poet, and radio producer from the Alaska Teen Media Institute in Anchorage. Stay tuned for his piece called My Time in Greece. I'm Emily Corwin, and this is YouthCast from Generation PRX. I had never been out of the country before, 
and this trip to Greece marked my first bout of intercontinental travel. After a tumultuous 14-hour layover in Amsterdam, we arrived in Athens, which looks suspiciously like New York. A hustle and bustle city where I felt as if I was always in the way of someone on their way somewhere. Not a pleasant feeling. The beauty of Greece didn't dawn on me until our foray into the countryside. Our first stop was the beachside town of Tolo, abandoned and desolate due to the low amount of tourists. Interspersed between gift shops and vacant hotels, unfinished garages and tarnished storefronts were the last few residents of the sleepy place. I expected tumbleweeds. Instead I saw waves crashing on the beach shore, a fine trade. Though we rarely saw a local anywhere, we had a nice walk down to the dock to get an amazing view of the ocean. After a truly restful night of sleep in our minuscule hotel rooms, we departed for higher places. We began our ascent in Greece to New Delphi, just five minutes away from the ruins of Old Delphi. On our way up, we were witness to the rolling procession of all things natural and far removed from man, mountain ranges like fallen idols once worshipped. Our mountainside hotel peered out into a gorge, the mountains sloping like earthen slides to scattered providences of light. When the clouds disappeared, there was Orion and the crescent moon. In that perfect silence for a minute, I thought maybe man wasn't meant to be here. A red-shingled house just next to us, a garden below, dropped to a gorge cloaked in night like coal mines. Light seemed alien that night. Everything became clear when we took an eight-hour ferry ride to the island of Santorini, a volcanic crater. I had never seen any pictures of the place, nor had I read about it. It arose on the horizon as a massive stone sarcophagus on the curvature of the earth with dotted on its razorous peaks modest white residences with living roofs, residential houses indiscernible from the last few restaurants. From the highest point on the island looking down to the ocean, the waves looked like whips of ink advancing down a sheet of lapis lazuli. I started to think, what had I ever done to deserve something like this? I've never done anything valiant or heroic, evil or unjust, I simply have done nothing to deserve this. There's a kid somewhere whose dream it's been to go to Greece. He's worked towards it, helped others, made his money without saying his piece, and he's not here, but I am. Now why is that? I was lucky enough to have a summer job that gave me the money to take this trip. But money is only paper given to people with the power to organize. Everything was and has been done for me, and I've offered nothing in return, but still, I'm lucky enough to stand witness to something greater than myself. I understand why some people believe in God now. Divinity seems to be a perfectly sound explanation for something that occurred with absolutely no human influence or intervention. Coming to this painful realization led me to also feel like a failure in a foreign land. David Foster Wallace, author of Infinite Jest and a Supposedly Fun Thing, explains. It's very difficult and it's very, in many ways, humiliating to be in a country that isn't mine and to be reduced, really, to the status of a baby. People all around me are talking with great animation about things that I do. It's not like I don't totally understand. I don't understand at all. Being able to speak none of the language and understanding nothing is the de-evolution to infantile status. It hurts to be here no matter the beauty. I'm thankful for everything I witnessed, and I hope one day to go back when I'm more deserving of the opportunity. For the Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jacob Holly Klein. You are listening to YouthCast from Generation PRX. Find this piece and more at youthcast.org or generation.prx.org. We're also on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Generation PRX. Wondering, like, it, it, you have this this commentary that that we're featuring, and um, you know, it's 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 short. It's like three minutes long, but you know, most of it is is commentary style. And then you sort of cut to this um, to David Foster Wallace doing um, speaking. And I'm wondering, it, it's sort of a little bit out of the blue compared to, you know, you know what you're expecting at that moment. I was wondering why you chose to put it in and, 
sort of how how did that come to be part of the piece? Initially, um, what made me uh, start to question. Uh, do I deserve this Greece trip and that kind of thing? That that sort of that self questioning. What influenced that was David Foster Wallace's um, commencement speech in 2005 to Kenyon College, um, where he talked about education uh, being about simple awareness rather than um, your, I guess your your breadth of knowledge. So he he talked about um, being being observant. And being compassionate and empathetic, and um, so I, I've I've tried to apply that to my life and be aware of my surroundings. And seeing seeing all that natural beauty is is a lot. To, it was a lot to process, and it it was it was so overwhelming that uh, I started to think that maybe maybe I really don't deserve to stand witness to something like this. The reason I put in David Foster Wallace was. I think his his commentary on feeling like a failure in uh, in a foreign country because he don't speak the language rings very true because I did I did feel like a I did I felt like a baby. Jacob had hinted earlier in the interview that it was hard times that got him writing. I asked him if he was comfortable talking about what exactly it was that had made writing so important to him. Let's see, my 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 parents divorced at an early age. Um, and me and my brother were, uh, we had each other, um, and, um, that, that helps a lot, but that, it, it only, it only goes so far because true, true happiness comes from within. So my, my outlet for, for what was going on was, um, was writing and my mom, I, I want to say in maybe 19... No, more more like 2000 or 2001. She she had a miscarriage and uh, ultimately became an alcoholic um, and a prescription drug addict. And um, uh, all of all of that uh, was was a lot to process for for a younger kid. And so I tried as much as possible to to sort of um, detach, but that that detachment wasn't very healthy. So I I, I lived more so in the situation through my writing. Um, and, and my style, my style just sort of developed, um, due to that and due to the, um, due to discussing, uh, darker subjects. Wow. Um, did you have anybody like encouraging you to write or, you know, is, is literature really important to anyone in your family? It's just, it's curious to me how such a young kid going through something like so difficult would even know to find an outlet like writing. My mom, um, first of all, she, uh, She's a big lover of poetry and um, that kind of thing. Uh, she she didn't excuse me. She didn't um, become uh, more involved in my in my writing uh, until much much later on. But my dad um, he actually he's a big lover of literature. He um, he worked for about eighteen years in college to get his PhD um, studying uh, studying uh, medieval children. And that kind of thing, and so um, I was taught from a young age um, the importance of, of books and literature. And so through through reading, I found writing, and um, through through those harder times, I found um, I guess I found my voice, you could say, and that kind of thing. So I still haven't I still haven't fully developed that voice, but at least I found uh, something that spoke to me. 
One thing I didn't know about Jacob before I talked to him was that he is also a slam poet, like Rachel, our guest who was featured on an earlier YouthCast episode. I did my first spoken word piece in uh, ninth grade in front of people, um, and that was, <laughs> that was one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, but ultimately, it was uh, immensely satisfying. In fact, next week on April 28th, Jacob is participating in a slam poetry competition, which he wanted me to mention. It's at the Out North Art House in Anchorage, so if you live nearby, you can find Jacob there. And what's in store for him next year, once high school is behind him? It turns out Jacob will be studying at the University of Alaska Anchorage, where his father is a professor. He plans to major in psychology. Thanks for listening to YouthCast from Generation PRX. We'll be back in two weeks, so keep your eyes open and your ears peeled. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with the handle Generation PRX. If you like YouthCast, you'll surely love How Sound, the backstory to great radio. Find it at howsound.org.